that allows us to possibly identify features within you know various cropping systems that could change and will change my guess is from production area to production area that are causing um, some sort of a um, constraint on achieving higher potential yields. Hello everyone and welcome to the Growing Point Podcast. I'm your host Jeremy Boychin. Our goal with this podcast is simple to provide Alberta farmers and agronomists with timely, relevant, and valuable agronomic knowledge through interviews with experts in various fields of agriculture. We hope that the agronomic information from this and future podcasts brings value to you in your farm. So in this episode, we talk to Dr. Brian Barris, who is a AAFC researcher out of Lethbridge, Alberta. Um, and, you know, I know we are mostly Alberta focused, but uh, this podcast actually spans to all of Western Canada and all of Western Canadian producers. So we talked to Brian Barris about his research on the Global Yield Gap Atlas and how he's applying that, that methodology to Western Canada. Um, he, in, the, in the upcoming future, he's going to be looking at capturing information from producers about management practices across the prairies and how that relates to his research in determining the yield gaps in Western Canada and what we can do to close some of those yield gaps and bring producers closer to their yield goals and what they can anticipate as yield goals in their regions. Um, so very informative, but very quick podcast. Uh, and um, we hope you get a lot of information out of it. So all of the links that we discussed in this podcast, I will share in the show notes. Um, so if you want to follow up on the survey that we discussed in this podcast, just look there in the show notes and you can um, either find someone to contact or find a link that you can get more information from. So thank you for listening to the Growing Point podcast and enjoy. All right, Dr. Brian Barris, thank you for chatting with me today. Um, you know, I, I saw your presentation at Agronomy Update talking about yield gaps and, and how maybe, maybe we can manage some of these yield gaps, the alignment between genetics and agronomy and environment. You're working on a project right now that, you know, not just spans um, the prairies, but also is is aligned with, with um, kind of a global project to close yield gaps. So, Maybe can you talk a little bit about the project you're working on right now? Sure. Um, so it, it it kind of aligns itself to a global organization called the uh, Wheat Initiative, and um, I'm fortunate to represent Canada on on the research committee and also chair what's called an expert working group for agronomy. And you know, if you think about trying to think about um, establishing research priorities that would you know, become sort of a common um, theme across countries and, and important areas where wheat is produced. Um, you kind of have to understand, you know, what's at the root of the cause of not being able to attain that maximum perceived yield. Um, so then the next question from that is what what is my maximum yield on a farm in southern Alberta, um, northern Alberta, central Saskatchewan, whatever. And, and so there is a common um, initiative out of the University of Nebraska headed by Dr. Patricio Grassini, um, yieldgap.org, www.yieldgap.org. It's a global yield gap atlas. 
and him and his team in collaboration with um, um, some colleagues in Europe established this um, several years ago. They've mapped yield gaps um, for 15 plus crops all across the world. And, and the irony in it is uh, when we started looking into it, is they hadn't even mapped it for wheat in North America, like right in his backyard. So we we got together a few years ago and and talked about a strategy and we're lucky enough to get this funded to do some work establishing yield gaps for wheat across the prairies. Part of this project, from my understanding, is is you know we really need to collect information on how management practices are being implemented right now, what management practices are being implemented in, in different regions, in the prairies. Um, and and it, it sounds like you're looking at doing a, a survey to collect some of that information. Yeah. Um, so, so this is the, you know, you know, I'm sure a producer's listening and thinking, you know, what do we need another map for? Um, you know, but you know, there's, there's real benefit to it. Um, both, I think, somewhat short term, but over the long term, because what it does is it allows us to to benchmark gaps in yield potential across all the major wheat producing areas of the prairies. And so um, that's done through some modeling, but there's there's some sort of um, uh, art to it as well in terms of establishing these areas and um, you know, once you once we can calibrate this model, test it through simulation, um, the next step, of course, is to say, okay, um, by and this isn't some mail out survey. We're going to have to try and get you know, not face to face, but at least a virtual connection with as many farmers as we can to understand their current practices um, for for their wheat-based cropping system or for that wheat phase within um, a cropping system. And by doing so, that allows us to possibly identify features within, you know, various cropping systems that could change and will change, my guess is, from production area to production area that are causing um, some sort of a um, constraint on achieving higher potential yields. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Alberta's Crop Protection Guide, otherwise known as the Blue Book, is a coveted and long-standing resource for Alberta farmers and agronomists. The Blue Book is now being produced by Alberta Barley, Alberta Canola, Alberta Pulse Growers, and the Alberta Wheat Commission. That's right, four of Alberta's crop commissions are now producing the Blue Book. Visit albertabluebook.com today and place your advanced pre-order of the 2021 Blue Book with shipping in March. That's albertabluebook.com. So you're, you you take this information from these conversations with producers and it's, from what I understand, kind of aligning the breadcrumbs as saying, you know, here are the clues as to maybe why we are, why we have a larger or smaller yield gap in these areas versus those areas and, and what management practices um, could potentially be implemented to close that yield gap. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. So let's let's take an example. I was just watching a webinar today with uh, Dr. Alan Blaylock with Nutrien and talking about declining rate, you know, rates of declining um, soil nutrient status um, for a lot of macro and micronutrients across the prairie. So if we, you know, if we took and of course soil, the soil that you have combined with the um, 
with with the climate you know and environment that surrounds that soil you know that's that's going to largely comprise with the water it receives you know the the ability to um how much yield that farm's capable of producing and um so then there's the genetic piece to that as well so so if for example through our survey we find that you know perhaps the rate of mining p for example um seems to be um superseding the amount by which it's being replaced which you know a producer may think has been fine um you know it could be that in what in that one area it's it's a matter of mining more than you're replacing and so that's limiting your ability to achieve yield potential so it could be a nutrient based issue somewhere and somewhere else it could be you know something else in relation to integrated pest management and so on or seeding rates and 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 so on when once this information is pulled together you know in a few years and 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 this this research is completed and we get an idea of where these yield gaps are are producers going to be able to access this and and say okay this is my region and kind of get a list of of what management practices may close their yield gaps or how does this how does this then come back to the producer yeah it's very much a, a user friendly tool that that is is available freely available at that yieldgap.org uh, website and you can you basically just plug in um, you know uh, variables that are specific to your farm and um, the model can generate what it thinks is is the yield gap for that for that particular region okay and this is already farm actually and this is already being used by farmers in places like Australia and, and the US for different crops. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and with us, you know, I think, yeah, it certainly wasn't something I had envisioned as, as taking on, but it was something that needed to be done, I felt quite strongly about. And so, you know, we, we've kind of decided that we'll focus on wheat for the prairies. We, you know, once we get comfortable with that and we've got a proper model for that, we can expand it to other crops or to, you know, more, more areas, you know, for example, Ontario, Quebec, whatever. Um, so we do sort of see this possibly as a starting point um, that could extend other crops. It's interesting, you know, we get questions coming in about um, specific variety management. How do I manage this, this specific variety? Is there, there specific management practices that I need to implement, whether it be higher nitrogen or, or additional PGR? This one definitely needs a, a fungicide and this one really doesn't. You know, this sounds like kind of aligning that same concept, except um, really integrating that environmental uh, question into the into the mix of you know this is the this is the environment in the region that I'm working in, you know what as a whole can my farm management practices when it comes to crop production um, bring me closer to the yield expectations I'm looking for. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we're you know ultimately where we want to end is at a point where we can you know talk about variety specific, you know, that whole G by E by M um, framework of, of really optimizing that, those genetics on farm. The issue that we have right now, and, and I'm sure, you know, it'll vary throughout the prairies. Um, but, you know, if, you know, if we say that 
you know, the maximum we could ever get to 100% yield gap closure would probably be, you know, up to 85%. Because beyond that, if you were throwing even more groceries at it, um, at that variety, whatever, it would, your return would, would not justify the added input cost. So a common number is around 80, 85. So, you know, if, if in some areas and, and globally, we're probably only at about 50%, meaning we've, we have a gap of about 45 to 50% in a lot of areas. So if our gap is lower than, you know, 65, even 70, you know, there's, there's, there's little point talking about a specific variety until we can get that gap um, with our practices up to a point of around 70, 75. And then in my mind, that's when the really fine tuning with the genetics comes into play. And of course, there's, you know, there's, there's genetics now that obviously, if you employ, they, they would close a yield gap if it's in relation to an insect pest or a serious disease pest, like, you know, fusarium or something like that, or rust issue, or, you know, pick your, pick your poison. But, you know, if the gap is, is, if the gap is excessive, the genetics matter a little, you know, but, you know, if we see, hey, we're doing a pretty good job and we, we've got a lot of progressive farmers all over the prairies, they could be already at 70, 75. Then, yeah, that question of, should I be using Brandon versus Viewfield versus whatever, or, you know, is my market class really CWRS or should it be CPS, you know? I think the class thing becomes an interesting question as well. All Looking right. to enhance your operation's long-term profitability? We'll right Look no further than FarmCash. FarmCash offers producers cash advances of up to $1 million with the first 100000 interest-free and the remainder at an interest rate of prime minus 0.75%. Our innovative online application, along with our quick turnaround times, gives producers financial flexibility to benefit their operation. Farm Cash is now available to producers across Western Canada. Learn more about this farm management tool at farmcashadvance.com. Yeah, I would say so. You know, to pull this information, like we mentioned before, it really comes down to uh, being able to capture capture information from producers. Um, you know, if 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 you're looking to to capture information from producers, what kind of farmers are you looking to um, get get feedback from? We want to hear from everybody um, because we, you know, it's a survey, so a survey should be relatively random to get a proper sense. So we don't want to skew it to one way of saying, oh, our yield gap is so impressive because we, you know, I just identified the, this, this sort of bias group on this side, or, you know, my God, it's, it's horrible. It's at 40%, 50% because we focused in on this group. What we want is we want a nice cross section of everybody, you know, and some people are focusing on that wheat phase more than others. Some people are constrained more by the land they're farming than others, but we want, we want and need the input of that entire cross section um, that represents that range of production um, potential. And if we don't, then um, we skew it and it just becomes another model that, you know, doesn't necessarily reflect what we think it should. So essentially, if you're listening to this, 
you're you're an option uh you're you're and you would be a great candidate for the survey and you know knock on your neighbor's door and let them know to uh to contact brian as well um but you know on that note uh if a producer does want to get involved or get their neighbor involved um how can they contact you or who do they contact to to become part of the survey brian well they should probably just contact you you probably aren't doing enough jeremy so <laughs> why don't we make you the lead on this how about that oh man that might turn into a mess brian i don't know <laughs> oh yeah that's right you you're so busy you haven't had time to shave your your beard <laughs> i guess i guess i'll i'll look after that so what we've done is of course through uh, with the help of Jeremy and the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission, um, you guys are going to roll out and blitz um, the solicitation of it, the you know ad- advertising it. We have Farming Smarter taking a lead that in 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 same thing tapping into their network and the networks of their their counterparts, uh, you know, in Saskatchewan and Manitoban. And so we're hoping with that and with what we sort of see is where the responses are hitting um, to try and get, you know, a good representation of the major wheat producing areas in all three provinces. So, um, so yeah, um, contact me, contact Farming Smarter. Um, I'm sure if somebody contacted you, you could forward that down to us. Uh, We're just at a point where we're going to start rolling this out hoping to get some responses before everybody gets busy um, with with field planning. And and what I'll do, Brian, is I'll I'll grab those links or contacts from you um, and and put them in the show notes here. So anyone listening to these show notes can can be linked directly to there and know who to to reach out to as well. Um, make it easier for them. So Brian, is there anything else you want to mention before we finish it off here? Well I just I just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to highlight the survey and and um and just preemptively thank you know those that that are willing to share about a half hour of their time that's about what it would take what we're looking for is um you know history on two fields from 2019 and two fields from 2020 so it's not it's not really onerous it's um a list of questions from an excel spreadsheet that we're happy to share that you can review in advance. And then we just spend 25, 30 minutes talking to a farmer and it's totally anonymous. Nobody could ever pinpoint it to say, you know, Jesus, look at the way Gary Stanford farms down in McGrath, you know, compared to the way I do it. My God. So no, that won't happen. It'll be totally anonymous. You know, getting an idea of, of the potential value that's going to come out of, of these research results and, and, um, the yield benefits that we could potentially see and, and management benefits of, of uh, being a little bit more targeted potentially with, with what we're implementing on farm. I think, you know, 30 minutes is, is kind of minute to sacrifice um, to, to bring the value um, back to, to Western Canadian ag. So, Brian, thank you for the time for chatting today. And uh, I'm sure we'll chat again in the future. Sounds good, Jeremy. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Growing Point Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a second to rate, review, and share this podcast with all of your friends. This helps us grow and get our message out. You can also sign up for the Growing Point newsletter by going to Alberta Wheat or albertabarley.com and sign up for our mailing list. This will help you stay up to date on all the agronomic information we share through articles, interviews, and the newsletter. See you next time.